0: From the studios of uh Team It Up in the Swampson Jersey. Um, this is uh Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for November first. We, we we made it to November, Dan. Uh, November first, twenty twenty two. With me today is 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 Dan Rappaport from uh, uh Sports and the play, in and the four play podcast. I will use this moment to just issue the brief disclaimer that I don't condone everything Barstool does yet Dan is awesome and he has been on the show in in, in, in his prior gig we're friends I like what they're doing now I like what 4Play's doing now I like these scrambles um, it's a lot of of pressure it's shot so well i mean your crew dan is just exceptional so that's that's why he's here and that's why some other people from uh barstool may not be here so with all that said dan welcome to the show
1: thank you and i i do appreciate you calling out the crew because the work that they do is incredible basically we just show up we play golf and then a month and a half later or a month later or a couple weeks later they come out with a full movie so those guys deserve all the credit in the world and we would not be anywhere close to where we are right now if it wasn't for all of their hard work
0: and the and I think also too it has allowed you guys t- to expand the podcast same way you know um, no laying Up has with uh, all their stuff you've You've taken a podcast, and now you've moved it beyond the podcast. Uh, you know, it's it's a brand, not just a show, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good read on it. And that's our goal. Our goal is to have foreplay and and really barstool golf, the uh, self contained entity. You know, that has people who do different things and people who specialize in different things, and I think. Them hiring me was a, a really big step for them in, in growing the brand beyond the core product, which is the podcast, and will continue to be the podcast. But they hired me to do me and to continue to do the kind of stories that I do, and and the reporting and the kind of seer, more serious golf coverage.
0: They didn't hire me to become one of them. So yeah, it, it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's great. They're growing, which is which is good. All right, Dan's here. For the obvious reason, the question he gets asked about constantly while walking the streets of, I think Dumbo. You said is, is yeah, is, Brooklyn. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Dumbo or Barstool headquarters. No, it's not your best friend winning winning the U.S. Open. It's it it it, it is your tw- it is your Twitter avatar. Is there anything you can reveal about that conversation? with Rory because that's kinda of one of the coolest moments. You're you're bending over, he's bending over, you guys are, are are chatting, it's St Andrews, it's the open. Any any juice there or is that just a fun yeah. picture somebody got?
1: Not a lot of juice. It was uh, it would have been a truly epic picture if he had won the tournament and I thought he was going to for a long time there. So yeah. that would have made it even more special. But no, it was the first couple days it was just so slow. Uh, because of all the drivable greens at St. Andrews and all the holes that crisscross. So I think I was on the tee of the par five. I want to say it's like four or five, the par five on the front nine. And, and they had the, the group was still on the tee, the group ahead of them when they finished the whole prior. So he came over there and Rory and I had become decently friendly over my years covering the tour. And
0: he came over and I was wearing a
1: hat that had, uh, the letter D on it. And he came over and was like, what is that D? Is that your personal brand? And I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a normal human being. I don't have a personal brand. They don't, that's not a thing that normal people have. Uh, it's a, it's a logo for Deepdale golf club on Long Island. And he said, oh, I remember Deepdale. And then we we spoke about Deepdale for a little while. And then uh, I was wearing a hoodie. He commented on my hoodie. I asked him if he had ever played in a hoodie because I don't, I don't remember him playing in a hoodie. Right. And he was saying that, yeah, he tried to, but uh, Nike the the hoodie that they sent him didn't fit right or it was a little too cumbersome in the backswing I don't remember exactly what the reason was but yeah, we talked about hoodies for a while and then I, I didn't even know that someone was there taking the picture and then someone sent me the picture and it's I think it's a keeper it's one of the all, my
0: all time favorites for sure that's awesome uh, fifth hole five, six, uh, fifth hole there yeah. you go yep that's yep. the one yep five five 568 if they if they uh Push it all the way back, and there's no wind, which rarely happened at St. Andrews. Um, Dan Rappaport your best friend, won one of 2022's men's golf's four majors. Are you still digesting it? Are you still? Are you still digesting it? And, and for those who don't know. He and Matt Fitzpatrick are legitimate best friends. This is not some media thing. This is not some, you know, we you know got friendly somewhere down the line. You met him, what, freshman year at college? Yeah, freshman year college. I I
1: definitely knew who he was because he had won the U.S. Amateur the summer before, and I was kind of trying to walk onto the team. So I was very, very aware of him. And, yeah, we became friends in the, the short period of time that he was on campus at Northwestern it's amazing, it's it's amazing, that day was amazing, um, I, it, it just, you're just so proud of a person that you've seen put in the work, man, I mean, that's, that's a guy who, who has just been pushing and pushing and pushing and waiting for the sort of breakthrough that he had this year, and, and to watch him and how methodically he approaches his profession, and how measured everything is, and how calculated it is, and how serious he is about it, and and to see all of that work pay off uh, it was a special day. And to have his family around there and to do it at the golf course where he won the U.S. Amateur and, and kind of started his golfing journey, it was hard to believe that it was real. It's, uh, but you know, he'd been playing such great golf the whole year. It right. wasn't surprising, you know, he, he had a chance at Southern Hills in the PGA Championship and he, and he played really, really poorly on Sunday. But he still had a chance to win uh, coming really to the 17th hole. So I think that gave him a lot of confidence in a strange way to know that, okay, like I, I played that horrible when I had a chance and I, I still finished in top five. You don't have to play perfect to win a major. And I think he learned that That and then to, to bounce back like he did at the very next major championship is, it says a lot about what kind of kid he is.
0: Um. I believe you wrote in a story for your former employer that he hosted a bachelor party at his house but did not partake in any nighttime activities.
1: Yeah, he is one of the more, uh, how should I put this, mentally rigid people that I've ever met. The, the guy just, peer pressure just goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> uh, the amount of- the amount of times that I've tried to get him to have a couple cocktails or to tweet something, or to, he just doesn't do it. You know, he's a guy who just doesn't do anything he doesn't want to do. So, yeah, he had a couple friends or a friend who was getting married and then they wanted to do the bachelor party around where he lives in the Jupiter, West Palm Beach area in Florida. And he graciously offered up his house for them to stay and uses their home base for the week. But he told them, I'm not participating. I'll have dinner with you guys every night, but I'm not a part of this bachelor party, and I know that I would not have been able to resist the music and the drinking going on in the living room, but that's math for you. Just just not one for partying, and, and not one to do anything he doesn't want to do.
0: And by the way, to your point, I mean, he was top 10 at Bay Hill, 5th at Valspar, uh, 14th at Augusta, 2nd at Wells Fargo, 5th at the PGA, 10th at the RBC Canadian Open. I mean, he had been, you know, moving in that right direction towards ultimately Brookline. But that's what amazes me about him, though, is that is that he can say, I'll have dinner, I will offer up my house, Please don't trash my house, but I'm grinding so that I can hold a trophy one day. And that I can hold the biggest trophies in the world one day. So you get access afterwards that not a lot of people get because now you're in Matt Fitzpatrick's um, circle and not the media circle, so to speak. I think one of the things that I've learned and I, I hope Netflix shows this is that when you win, you don't exactly start like partying. You have like things to do. So when 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 guys say you know it didn't hit me until um, you know the plane or it didn't hit me until you know hours later, I take it legitimately. When do you think it hit Matt Fitzpatrick that he won the U.S. Open?
1: I think pretty because it just changes your life so much. I mean, you know, before I would tell people that I have a friend on tour and some people wouldn't know who he was. And you win a
0: major and everything is just so different and so magnified and there's so much more Mm
1: -hmm. attention on you and new sponsor opportunities and everyone wants a piece of your time. And I think he's had to adjust to that of being one of these guys who he can't just kind of show up, play golf, and leave anymore uh used to be he wasn't in the feature group rotation on the PGA tour you know he wasn't ever really doing press conferences and and now he's kind of in that in that tier where people want to hear what he has to say and i think for a shy kid by nature that's probably a little bit uncomfortable probably is not his favorite part of all the success but it's it's well worth it it, it comes with the territory you, you play professional sports you know that If you have a certain level of success, it's gonna come with fame and that's just part of the gig. So you know, he's done a really good job, I think, of not saying yes to everything. And that's that's something that you have to learn to do in in his position is say no to people. And I've asked him to do things and he'll just say no, which I totally respect. There's there's one resource and we've had this conversation, there's one resource that no matter how much money you have or how much success you have you can't buy more of it, and that's time and so he really really values his time especially when he's not playing in the tournament so i, I just think it's uh, been an adjustment for him in, in learning to manage his time and, and manage all the people who now want a piece of
0: him yeah. Dan uh, Rappaport from uh, uh, Golf Digest here with us on Teeing Up. Barstool Sports. Barstool Sports. Uh, sorry, Barstool Golf Sports. Digest. Jesus. There you go. Are you still showing up at the wrong offices? Um, no, <laughs> it's no, like, no, I'm not. But no. It definitely is
1: still. It's still weird. You know, you, you hear one name for a long time, and then and then it's a different
0: one. So you know what it is, and I'll let people in when when you have any kind of speech impediment like I do you work on things and you practice, and you practice, and you practice, I practice so much before the first time you were on and I do this whether it's my friends or it's you know the biggest names in the world like Mike Tirico and you practice and make it feel good and then suddenly it's like wait a second that dude no longer works from there, I gotta re-practice again, I gotta go back to my notes um There's a thousand different Matt Fitzpatrick questions which I could ask our great friend Dan Rappaport from Barstool Sports There you go Here on uh, Teeing it up But I will ask you this How many more golf balls to the right until he would have been stymied Second shot 18 or, 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 oh, you man. Have oh that's a good th- question. Yeah. Uh, probably, I would say two. I yeah. Think if he moved that ball four inches to the right. Yeah. I don't think he was, I don't think he was realistically
1: expecting that ball to cut as much as it did. So he started it. If it flew straight on the start line, it would have missed the green to the left. So it makes the shot even more impressive. It wasn't just, okay, I got lucky here you know I can hit a straight shot at the green he still had to cut it quite a bit and I remember yeah. when he hit
0: it in that bunker and
1: I was kind of walking ahead of them and I crossed over it was kind of on the right side for the tee shot and then saw him in the bunker and, and crossed over to the left and I remember having a look at it and before he got there and I thought I didn't think he was going to be able to put it on the green I didn't think he was I just didn't think it was possible I thought it's hard to curve a ball out of a fairway bunker um, Especially when you have to get it up quick. And it was just the shot of a year, in my opinion. Um, you know, that major had, it wasn't just that he won. He, he did it at such a good golf course and he beat Scotty and Colin and Zalatoris. It was a, a loaded leaderboard and it came down to yeah. the last shot. And for him to perform like that, that's what it's about. That's what you practice your whole life for, is for a shot like that.
0: It really is for a shot like that. And I think yeah. that for all of what Scotty did, um, that moment for Matt Fitzpatrick um, w- was, you know, possibly the pinnacle of 2022. Real quick before we change topics, how good is how good is uh, it is it how good is his brother once he makes it through all the all 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 the ways that that. that he needs to, that, that, that that he needs that that he needs to make it through and could we have a matt versus alex final round showdown at some point in the future is alex that good
1: i believe he is i i played with him not not all that long ago and he was really struggling with his driver he was hitting some really wild shots but he's now working with mark blackburn who Coaches Max Homa yeah. and Ches Revi and a bunch of other guys in the PGA Tour, and I, th- I think he's fixed it to some degree. And just look at his finishes in Europe; he's finished in the top forty, I think, in four out of his last five events. So he's obviously already good enough to, to play on the European Tour consistently. The PGA Tour is another level. But Alex is playing in final stage at Q School this week, Corn uh, Ferry School. So if he finishes in the top forty, he'll get for- full Corn Ferry status. Uh, I think you know more realistic than a, a Matt versus Alex final round is a, a Matt and Alex team on the Ryder Cup one day. I think that oh. would be oh. that would be their absolute dream. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt taps Alex in for the Zurich Classic this year. You know they love playing together, yeah. their best pals. Alex is a totally different player than Matt and a totally different person. Matt is very analytical and math oriented, and Alex is a ton of fun and the life of the party and, and much more outgoing. And uh, Matt's long now, but back in the day, when Matt wasn't long, Alex was a lot longer than he was. And, and Alex still is longer. He hits the ball a long way. He's,
0: he's built is. differently.
1: He's a lot stronger and stockier. and He's his own kid, and, and he'll do it his own way. But he's off to a very good start in his pro career.
0: You've seen it up close. Matt Fitzpatrick, I mean, some of these distances, I'm like, is the graphic wrong? Yeah. Like, that came out of nowhere. That came out nowhere.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it did not it, did it didn't. You know, it did in the sense of, like, it happened very quickly. It seemed like there was kind of a three, but he'd been trying to get longer for a long time and doing it slowly and doing it methodically and, and not in a manner that would change his swing.
0: Right. That was, was not the right one. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, he didn't want to, he didn't want to change his swing and, and have to do anything special. He just wanted his baseline to be faster. So he'd been working on it for a really long time, and then something clicked you know, it just it started paying off massively in a very short period of time kind of in the, like February to June space he just got a lot longer and it's changed his career because he used to show up to some courses and basically be like I have no chance I can't I can't do it I I'm not long enough and and now there's no course like that
0: there's absolutely no it's absolutely true and You can say driving distance for, for what you want. For the 2020, 2021 PGA Tour season, he hit it 294 off the tee. In this past PGA Tour season, he hit it 304 off the tee.
1: And I think it's even a bigger difference than that. You know, there's, it's funny with this stuff sometimes with driving distance though the hole they measure it on you know you don't hit one good or it's it's not really a a definitive
0: stat Mm -hmm. These guys know how far they hit it when they're on their track man and i think it's more like
1: 20 or 25 yards i i I used to hit it past him pretty consistently and and by you know 15 or 20 yards and now he's passed me by five or 10 so he uh it's, it's a good 25 or 30-yard difference, and it's sort of throughout the bag, too. The irons have gotten longer. He's just stronger. He's filled into his body, and he's got way more speed, and it's, it's turned him into a player who could sort of compete on his weeks to a guy where it would be no surprise
0: for him to win any tournament. Yeah, and uh, for those who don't know, Dan is basically scratch. Are, are, are you still scratch?
1: Yeah, Scratch, I think I'm at like a plus 0.6 right now. Yeah, so... I I kind of live in that area between like plus 1 and and Scratch is sort of my sweet spot.
0: There's a shot link stat, which is shot link all drives, not the core driving distance graph uh, one that I just used quickly, but there's the all drive stat, and that's probably the one... Because you get a guy, you know, you get holes like number 10 at RIV. If they measured that, I mean, that's not the right hole to measure driving distance. Because you've got guys hanging out all kinds of yardages. Um, so, you know, um, that would be an interesting one uh, to look at for Matt. Switching gears completely here with uh, Dan. Live actually happens. I I have to give it to them. This actually happened. And you have attended multiple of these events. There's no TV deal. There's no corporate sponsors. This is pure Saudi oil money running this machine. And they have paid these players a jugunda amount of money to say a whole bunch of propaganda BS to... Um, basically play golf knowing that you're being paid a hefty amount of money coming in Um, and we are at war we have a civil war between the PGA Tour the DP World Tour and and basically everybody else versus live. I'm asking two questions that are similar but kind of uh, uh, different. Number one Did you actually think they would complete a full season?
1: I did, yeah, just because of how much money they have, man. Like, it's, you know, they're they're not bound by the same constraints that a normal startup business is. They call themselves a startup, but very few startups have the ability to pour two or three billion dollars in and have none of it come back so mm. once once it was clear to me that, that the Saudis were committed to funding this thing for a couple of years I, I, I did think it was going to be I, I didn't think it was going to get as many players as it did but I, I did definitely think that they were going to have a, a season
0: I sat here and I watched a little bit of that first day at Centurion basically in disbelief I don't think that the format is fan-friendly, except I guess the leaders do you know tee-off number one so that it works. Um, but I have been saying for months that I don't like the money source. I'm all for unique events, unique models, unique things that the PGA Tour wants to try. I'm just not for this, period. Are we at a point where the fate of professional men's golf is in Fred Ridley's hands because I purely believe that it does and even though Martin Slumbers has said um, that they will never prevent a lift player from entering I believe that if Fred Ridley you've watched Matt grind it out of the dirt every mm-hmm. single day and Tiger has talked about it. These guys don't have to anymore. Pat Perez can party all night long if he wants, right? He claimed he had pressure. I don't know. Like I want to believe these guys, but I have no idea. Half the stuff they're saying already is 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 you know complete bullshit. So I I truly believe that what Fred what Fred Ridley and what the Masters decides ultimately decides this and if not him then a, a, a judge
1: yeah I don't know because I, I think it's more about the world ranking question because mm. I, I just don't think that the Masters are gonna ban anybody I just don't but I kinda see both sides of the argument you know on, on one side it's like as far as the majors one side they must be thinking that okay if we are the only tournaments where all of these guys play against each other every year. That's a good thing for the majors. That makes them into the sort of champions league of golf,
0: right? Yeah, that's yeah. they they become the gold standard even more than they are the
1: gold standard now, or it's like, oh, you won this lift turn and you won this okay, but who won the majors? That's that's a position they could put themselves in. But that being said, I, I wrote about this and talked about this a couple of weeks ago or last week is I don't think that the green coats at Augusta National want to be bullied by the Saudis I just don't think that that's something they want to do I don't because what's stopping them from from them saying okay well we beat the PGA Tour now
0: let's create our own majors and and take over this sport completely they just I don't think they want to
1: answer to the Saudis they like their relationship with the PGA Tour because they kind of get the best of both worlds where they're their own entity but they can use the PGA Tour's talent and and Every PGA Tour event comes with a trip to the Masters, so they get the, both, the best of both worlds. And I, I don't know if they think they would have such a advantageous relationship with Live Golf.
0: So is this then a case, Dan, where it comes down to either a world ranking or be a judge forcing Live and the PGA Tour to to reconcile somehow? Yeah. there's... The way that
1: we're going right now is untenable, for sure. You know, there's lawsuits are flying in every direction, and the best guys aren't playing against each other, and there's this us-versus-them mentality in the game, and it's it can't go on like this.
0: And so, especially when John Rahm basically said the, the lawsuit is what forced the group of 22 and then led to all this other stuff.
1: Yeah, the lawsuit changed everything, because... Before, it was just, okay, those guys want to go do their own thing and get their money. That's their choice. They can do whatever they want. When they turned around and then sued people, that's when it became a lot more adversarial.
0: In the end, because the, the way that I look at this, um, and what's really frustrating to me as a fan, right, is... And I've said it on this show, it's no secret, I'm pro-P... I am pro-P... pro P, I am pro... 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 Pro-PGA Tour. And you look at this lawsuit, and it gets appealed, and it gets appealed, and then you get tr- Trump involved, and no matter what you think about our, our previous president, he holds stature in the game of golf through the courses that he owns and all that jazz. So then he gets involved, things become sideshows, and it's a mess. Jay Monahan, Rory, Tiger. Is this group of 22, now 21, who have committed to playing 19 to 20 times a year, you can miss one, uh, 19 to 20 times at those events, and this is gonna rotate, and you have to play three others, is this gonna be enough to hold this together to where this group of PGA Tour stars we're seeing right now lasts?
1: Yeah, I think the PGA Tour is probably trying to wait it out. Would be my guess um, because I don't think that the this is live is going to have to eventually
0: make money or at least come close to breaking even if it's going to continue. I'm not a right. belief that they're just going to continue
1: just Same. to donate money basically to these players' bank accounts. I think there's going to have to be some point where it reaches a level of sustainability financially, and they're clearly nowhere near that right now. So I think the PGA Tour is probably thinking, okay, if we can just wait this out for three or you know two or three years until Live runs out of money or until the Saudis lose interest, then we'll still be here. So I don't think the PGA Tour is going anywhere. Um, I think there's a much higher chance of Live closing up shop than the PGA Tour, but again, the lurking variable there is is how much money they're willing to spend, because if they decide that the PR benefit, or the relationship with Trump, or getting to hang out with these players, and getting to rub shoulders with the power brokers that hang around golf, if they decide that that's worth a couple billion dollars a year to them, then, then they can afford it, so... Right. Who
0: knows, man? They're and, wild times. Uh, yeah, no, it it, tr- it, tr- it truly is wild times, and, and what sucks, frankly, is that we have a situation where you've got Cam versus Rory, Open Championship, and Rory just made nothing on Sunday. Cam made everything. And Dunhill Lynx could have been that chance for them to have a, 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 a Sunday showdown. And... It didn't happen, and I don't know when we'll next see Cam and Rory together. Um, This is, I I think what a lot of people haven't thought about, and you have mentioned it, so I thank you for, for mentioning it, is with your talks with guys, both on the live side and the PGA Tour side, that lawsuit made it real. Like, this isn't just going through what we said we would do, like, this shit is real now.
1: Correct. Correct. It, it made it into an us first situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and, and, and that I think, I, I don't know if Netflix will bring that out enough. I'm not sure how much access Netflix has gotten into the group of 22 <laughs> meeting or into any of these places. I believe you reported actually that Netflix was filming at Centurion. Is that right? Yeah,
1: they uh, they've been everywhere basically, They're, it's not a PGA tour show, it's a show that yeah. tells the story of professional golf so they've definitely uh, been aware of the live situation and I'm sure it'll be pretty entertaining viewing when that does
0: come out uh, I, 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 I I tweeted to, to, to uh, Chad Munn uh, who's one of the and guys for it i'm like man if you were in that delaware meeting tiger in a plaid shirt something we've <laughs> never seen you know it's business when tigers on a plaid shirt it's either totally it's, it's either you know a nice golf collar shirt or it's workout stuff plaid of all things to come off that play with, with ricky jeez we we could do this for ten thousand hours Thank you for your time, Dan. Much appreciated. Dan the Dan Rappaport of the 4Play Podcast and Barstool Sports. Let me get that right to close it out here on it. Teeing It Up. And uh, we are on Spotify now. So FYI, please follow and listen and do all those things. And on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, preferably five stars. Dan, thank you. And thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.